Max Power. He's the man whose name you'd love to touch, but you mustn't touch. His name sounds good in your ear, but when you say it, you mustn't fear, because his name can be said by anyone. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Yep, I was wrong. You were wrong? <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely wrong. I didn't... I, you, we, we played you the game... You think I'd sing the, the theme song? No, no I thought... I thought maybe you would have done the line where, I don't know how you would have done it, but I really <laughs> liked it. It was when she says, remember that New Year's at Lenny's? He didn't even have a clock. <laughs> that's that's the that's line. That's a funny one, yeah. I, yeah, it's a funny line, but it's not long enough. It's not You're, long enough. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I, I also, uh, for the record, had to, uh, in my car outside of your house, listen to the song as Homer sings it a couple times, because I couldn't remember the exact tune. I know it's the Goldfinger tune, but I also don't know that that well. So anyway, uh, we are here to talk about The Simpsons. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, right, welcome. Show welcome to Two Bad Neighbors, your encyclopedic compendium of all things Simpsons, seasons one through ten. As Alan said, my name is Greg. And as Greg just said, my name's Alan. And we're here to talk about the episode where Homer changes his name eventually. Yeah, it takes a bit. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's 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 what we're here for. And you know what? What I kind of feel like the "How have you been?" section of our show is um the same as it was four days ago yeah, when this, we recorded in our timeline. Yeah, we definitely we recorded the last episode uh very recently comparatively uh to when we usually do. So we usually have a week in between. Yeah, yeah, we're notoriously last minute. Yeah. <laughs> As many uh, people who know, uh, our episodes drop on Friday, sometimes 11 p.m. on Friday. That's right. That's um, right. But yeah, I'm about the same. Uh, I feel a little bit better talking-wise. Uh, I'm hoping that comes across. I know, listen, here's the thing. For those that listened to the last episode, I still am dealing with Bell's palsy. Um, it's not great. I don't like it. Uh, in fact, uh, thumbs down, two thumbs down for right. Bell's palsy. Um but uh, people who listened to the last episode, some friends of mine, did reach out and they're like, hey, you know, if you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have even noticed. So it's definitely more in my brain than I'm sure it is coming across, but I still feel weird when I speak um, and I slur my Fs a little bit. That's about as much as I can 100% tell. Your Fs. My Fs. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Like if I'm like, hey, fuck you, Greg, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my catchphrases. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it, uh, it it comes across to me at least. So, uh, that being said, uh, yeah, we've been fine. Aside from that, we don't need to get into how have you been. We we want to we want to rope our guest in right away. I think. I think so. Yeah. Because we have a brand new guest uh, who's graciously uh, agreed to be on this show uh, uh, late at night. Uh, he's he's gonna tell you all about himself shortly. Uh, it's Bill Hanstock. Welcome to the show, Bill. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors Late Night. Oh. oh, no, we lost him. We lost Hello. Him. No, it's, oh, there it's, we go. There it's great is. to be here. It's great to be here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've never used Google Hangouts before, so I did oh. not know that hitting the cough button on my Yeti <laughs> mic would cause problems with Google not understanding sound. and That's classic and Google. You know, we've always said it. Typical Google. Yeah, uh, yeah no, it's, it's great to be here. Uh, 
Uh, I didn't know I was going to be appearing on such a controversial program, uh, giving a negative <laughs> review to Bell's Palsy right out of the gate. Uh, not sure how yeah. I feel about having my name tied to this. No, but uh, Alan, you do sound you sound wonderful. Oh, and, thanks. Uh, I'm, I, I'm sorry that you're going through this, but I'm glad that you are doing okay and that you you sound, I'm sure, better than than you feel. Yes, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. And uh, yeah, it's more, honestly the what I've noticed because this has been uh, like day eleven, day twelve, or something of of having it. And what I've noticed the most, honestly, is just it. I I like to smile and laugh a lot as a person, as uh-huh. a human, and I can't with this. So that's like the most frustrating part when I'm like I find something really funny and I laugh out loud. I don't feel like I'm actually laughing because my face isn't doing the things right. that right. you know cause laughing to happen. <laughs> so anyway, you're um, saying it feels like the day the clown cried. It does. Uh, it, it feels exactly like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, Bill, you we we like to do a, a segment with our new guest, which is uh, called uh, "What's Your Story." And basically, oh, hey. what we want to know is just uh, what's your story in relation to The Simpsons? Like, did you grow up with it? Did you watch it a lot? Is this the first time you've ever watched <laughs> it? You know, that kind of thing. And then a favorite episode if you have one. So just give us a little rundown of your background with the show. Yeah, uh, well, this is kind of funny. Um, I I've never told this story before uh, about my uh, it's exclusive. Yeah, it's exclusive. <laughs> uh, new Simpsons story dropped today. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I was, I believe I was in third grade when mm. The Simpsons premiered. And I had watched some of the shorts on the Tracy Ullman show, liked them. Um, and I l- watched the Christmas episode, liked it. But uh, I, as a kid, uh, this is well documented, I was afraid of everything. Just a very <laughs> terrified, very terrified kid, very prone to nightmares. I think I have a lot to do with like my, uh, my, I wouldn't say it's a strict up Christian upbringing, but uh, I, you know, came up Baptist, so like very much afraid of like going to hell mm. and very afraid of like, like very concerned with like, am I sinning? Am mm-hmm. I doing wrong things? Am I spending time on doing you know incorrect things? But I was also very afraid of like anything having to do with anything resembling like horror, or gore, or scares, or anything like the the first movie I ever saw in the theater was return of the Jedi. And like the second, the Gamorrean guard came up on the screen. I like buried my face in my mom's shoulder and like, Aww. did not look at the screen again. Um, <laughs> what very, happened, what happened with the rancor then? Cause that's the rancor. Well, I was, me. I was not looking by you're then. Done. You're, like, you're like, I'm out. Gamorrean guard answers the door for C3PO <laughs> and right. R2D2 yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but I, uh, I, I think at one point my mom was like, look, look Ewoks like look teddy bears and I like glanced to the screen and then like turned back but um <laughs> the uh the Simpsons so I I super into like there was so much hype surrounding it when it premiered um I loved the Christmas special but still felt a little bit like weird about because like it's clearly for adults like yeah. it's clearly for adults it's clearly not for kids but you know I, I love the Christmas episode everyone talked about it at school watched the first few episodes and then whatever episode it was where Homer's playing the video game with Bart and like, there's like just the gory boxing game uh, where the guy's just like bleeding and getting his face mangled. Like (laughs) that really screwed with me. And I, I I didn't care for it. And I was very, (laughs) very upset about having watched it. And like my parents were as, as they tend to do, or my dad and grandma, as they tend to do, were like, that's it. You're not watching the show anymore. Just it's, it's too adult for you. And that lasted like a few weeks, but, uh, 
my my earliest memories of the simpsons were like i was into it then i was scared of it Hmm. and then like half a season later i returned to it and just kept watching it until there was a hard break for me with with the simpsons like the the uh i watched it all the time i basically watched it every week and or taped it every week um uh loved it uh and then the first episode where i was like i don't i don't like this episode and i and it and it like made me upset about <laughs> the content in the episode was the frank grimes episode mm. i now i now enjoy it yeah but for years i hated it because to me like a lot of people talk about whatever like quote unquote betrayal sweet seymour skinner's badass song is i i never felt that way about it i still don't feel that way about the, it the I think principal it's just and the popper another... you mean right the armin oh sorry yeah yeah yeah, yeah armin tanzarian yeah. yeah so i i i don't feel like it's a betrayal i don't feel like it's a betrayal i i think it's just another story that they told and i didn't view it then as a slap in the face i still have a lot of trouble viewing it as a slap in the face now mm-hmm. but i i do absolutely view homer's enemy as a slap in the face because um even though it was always the subtext the text made clear in homer's enemy is homer is not the hero (laughs) of the simpsons Mm -hmm. he's a bad person the (laughs) simpsons are bad people and you shouldn't try you shouldn't strive to identify with them because they are the enemy and and i wasn't at that point in my viewing i wasn't prepared for that reality of the (laughs) simpsons so i was very upset about that so that was the first Simpsons episode that I was like annoyed or irritated or or I just flat out didn't like yeah as, just as a as a show and then the the first one where I was like I don't think this is really the same show it used to be was uh when Bart became a jockey <laughs> yeah but then Saddle but Sword then, Galactica I believe yeah. yes but then but then the the episode that that literally made me stop watching the Simpsons was uh the groundskeeper really my fair lady episode oh yeah because because my fair lady is like one of my top three favorite musicals of all time and and it's a damn good choice some people can say that but i like <laughs> if you knew how if you knew how much i liked musicals you would know how high praise that is for me uh so it's like you, one like of my you top love three favorite musicals. musicals is that right yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah for sure and 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 so i was like oh they're doing a my fair lady parody and it's groundskeeper willie this should be a home run. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I already didn't like the Sherry Bobbins episode very much. Right. But like the, my fair lady one was like, I watched the whole episode and I was like, they just, there, there, there are no jokes here. Right. They're just, they're trying to like, they're just doing my fair lady. And they're assuming that the comedy is that it's groundskeeper Willie (laughs) instead of Eliza Doolittle. And, you can't just make like for a show that had been so high quality for so long. Like that was the final insult to me yeah. of like, you know what? Fuck it. We don't have to try. It's yep. just, it's just my fair lady. And it, yeah, it's Willie. It's funny. It's funny. Uh, like, and, and so I, I never watched it again after that. Like that was the last episode. I, I think I watched one Treehouse of horror, like the Harry Potter parody Treehouse of horror after that. Oh, yeah. And I've like, and I watched the Simpsons movie and that, and that's been that's pretty much it. of the episodes I've watched. Yeah. Uh, my fair laddie, by the way, is uh, season seventeen, episode twelve. I, just, I was curious because okay. I, 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 it was long after I saw. I had no idea. Yeah, but, yeah, I uh, had no yeah. idea. 
but yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, do you have a favorite episode though of the of the canon? Man, I uh, um, there are so many. Um, it's like a stand the prohibition episode. The oh, prohibition yeah. episode is up there. Um, Homer versus the state of New York is is way up there. Nice. Um, there's just Greg loves that just, one too. <laughs> there's just so many like amazing episodes it's... in in the in the good seasons of the show that it's. I don't know if I've ever singled out an episode as like my favorite, but there there are certainly like episodes I quote more often than other episodes. (laughs) The city of New York versus Homer Simpson is a great episode. And I'm so glad you said it. (laughs) Yeah. Greg is feeling a lot of, a lot of pride now as I, undeniable classic. I'm I'm not as big a fan of that one, but uh, you know, we've had our, we've had it. There's a whole episode about it. Go listen to it. We've Um, had it out. (laughs) But I, but I, I mean, I think I came down more on your, your, your understanding. By of, the end, yeah. Yeah, like I'm like, I, I get why you love this, and yeah. a lot of people love this episode. It just, it always rubbed me the wrong way. Um, Speaking of stuff, um, <laughs> I'm, it's so awesome that you brought up My Fair Lady in uh, context of it being great because <laughs> that movie rules. Um, <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Rex Harrison movies. <laughs> there you okay. go. Uh, no, it's just it's it's weird because my fiance is like um, it's it's weirdly by default that like Rex Harrison is kind of like her uh, favorite classical movie like Hollywood actor. Okay, because hmm. he's hmm. in he he's he's in Cleopatra, one of her favorite movies, hmm. My Fair Lady, and Doctor Doodle Doolittle, all of which hold <laughs> Doctor Doodle. Dr. Doodle. Um, yeah. Uh, he runs a cheese doodle factory. And <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's like the porn parody of Dr. Doodle. <laughs> uh, it's also that. He yeah. runs a cheese doodle factory and bangs people of on course, the conveyor yeah. belts. Well, okay. Right. <laughs> we did it. Um, <laughs> thank you for telling us your story when it comes to The Simpsons, Bill. Uh, now, I got one that you can answer <laughs> if you want um, or not, and I can just cut it out. But um, who are you? <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean that's that's also important information to put out there uh i am a uh i am a a writer um editor manager um emmy award winner uh i wrote a book on professional wrestling um i've written i've written uh half a dozen or so movies i mean i've written 20 something movies but i've there uh, are half a dozen or so movies that I've written that you can actually watch if you wanted to. Um, nice. You're basically the and, person uh, that Greg and I wish we were. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> no, good, you, right? You guys are doing great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, so what's the what's the wrestling book called? Is this, uh, is this your newest endeavor? This is the recent one, right? This, this is my uh, first book. It's called We Promised You a Great Main Event. It's an uh, unauthorized history of WWE from, from uh, the inception, from... Uh, Vince, Vince McMahon's grandfather, Jess McMahon, up to uh, the COVID era. Yeah. Uh, so it's the most up-to-date, comprehensive uh, history of WWE that you can get uh, currently. It's on HarperCollins. Uh, if you want to uh, check it out, just Google it. Uh, check out Amazon or go to my Twitter account, Sundown Motel, and it's uh, linked in my bio. Hell yeah. Um, and thank you for uh, telling us the that full title with like the unauthorized um, history. Um 
because we often cite a book on this podcast by John Ortved, which is an unauthorized oral biography of The Simpsons. Mm. Um, and something that I've found by reading books and listening to them on, on audiobook is that oftentimes the uh, biography or unauthorized biography is more objective and you get more information about the subject simply because it's about someone, it's from the point of view of someone who's actually looking into it from the outside in and is able to peel back the layers of the veneer and Mm. maybe get to what might actually be the real personal character stories underneath. Almost like if... Yeah, there uh, there are very... Sorry, (laughs) almost as if uh, the the film Bohemian Rhapsody was written by people that weren't in Queen. (laughs) Yeah, you know that would be a better movie. Anyway, go ahead, go ahead, Bill. Well, there are very few. I think there are very few like authorized Mm -hmm. things when you're talking about like corporations or uh, like entities or like uh, franchises. There are few. There are very few authorized things that uh provide objectivity yeah um i think that i think that there's i think the author authorized things can be good uh in terms of like access and in terms of like uh uh quotes and stuff like for example the um Ma- matthew zoller sites has done a quartet i believe of coffee table books uh about Wes Anderson films mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they're made with the full cooperation of Wes Anderson and his brother. And yeah, I have some like of those. they contribute the art and they're fantastic. They're, they're great, amazing. Yeah. And, but that, but I think that like a book of interviews with an auteur is like fundamentally different than like the authorized history of the Simpsons <laughs> yeah. produced by Matt Groening or like, you know, <laughs> the, the, the complete oral history of the NFL official book you know like you're not gonna like you're not going to like but and so like especially in the world of professional wrestling where like the 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 absolute premise of professional wrestling is we don't tell you this the this like we don't let you in on the secret it's Um, all it's all happening all the time backstage yeah the the whole kayfabe thing yeah that's that's fascinating and and since uh wwe you know has has conquered pro wrestling in the in the consciousness of uh the average citizen um especially like non-wrestling fans like wwe is professional wrestling um they've they've been able to write the history of professional wrestling um since 2000 2001 when they bought out ecw and wcw so their version of his their official histories are very much lacking in things like facts and objectivity so um I, i i i think that uh what what I what I uh, am proud of about my book is that you know I I try to maintain like true objectivity while also providing entertainment value because it's not just a dry history. There's jokes, nice. there are goofs, <laughs> there are, there are dunks and roasts and and, and everything that you, you you like to see. But uh, I I received some some good praise uh, just a week ago when when I was talking to some people and and they were saying um you know like I my book doesn't punch down and uh and it also um because i uh there have been reviews that have criticized me for being too easy on wwe <laughs> and there have been reviews of my book that have criticized me for being too hard on wwe so <laughs> i think that that i think that that <laughs> that speaks for itself in a sense honestly yeah. says that i i accomplished my my mission yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely uh if, so if the same book can be read in the two 
polar viewpoints yeah. can be gleaned from that. Uh, so this weekend is uh, WrestleMania, as I'm sure you're aware. So we we have a rare opportunity to get some uh, some hot takes. What what do you, what's a, what's a what's a hot prediction you have for WrestleMania this weekend? Because I'm going to be watching it with uh, past and future guest Dr. Ethan Abiola. Uh, oh, is everything okay? Yeah, um, my cat um, <laughs> only my cat only um, likes to come bother me at the table when I am uh, speaking, and so. 100% of the time, that's either a Zoom meeting for work yeah. or it's uh, me on a podcast. So, um, <laughs> What's your cat's, uh, and, what's your and, cat's name? Another, um, this cat is named Carter, Carter. And one of the great things that Carter does is he wants attention, so he will claw at my bare legs. And uh, <laughs> it's not it's not the best situation for yeah. me. But, um, but, but well, now we got, we got an exclusive cameo by, uh, by Carter, <laughs> Carter on the, the pod. Yeah. So. yeah, very nice. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to be watching it this weekend, and we, we always do our, uh, our pick-ems. We, we, you know, we do predictions and stuff. And uh, uh, I've, I've often won against Ife, who's way more knowledgeable of wrestling than I ever aspire to be. <laughs> that so must just... It, it infuriates him, and that's why it's my favorite thing. Him. <laughs> because what really all I do is I just, like re- I just go on the internet, and I'm just like, what do, what do the professionals predict will happen? And then I do yeah. my picks based on that. And he's like, that's cheating. I'm like, no. It's just like Oscar predictions when you're like, yeah. oh, like here's the, the front runner. And I just do that. Yeah. And he gets really mad. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, if, if you can give me some exclusives, um, yeah. some, well, some of the, the main the events bet- or whatnot. The best, honestly, the best way to predict what's going to happen is um, keep checking, keep checking the, any site that offers odds. Mm. on on uh a wwe event yep and at at a certain point prior to the event the odds will go crazy in one direction <laughs> and then flip uh mm. and that's because when the odds go crazy in one direction that's because everyone who works for wwe puts money on the person they know isn't going to win right or, or puts money on the person uh, that they know is going yep. to win and then and then, and then the bookies will know. Oh, that's all the money coming from WWE. So we now we got to flip the odds. <laughs> Interesting. Well, there you go. Yeah. That sounds like a pattern. That oh, you so so my, uh, <laughs> my 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 hot take is that this WrestleMania is going to rule. Like, but uh, <laughs> both take both Takeover and WrestleMania are like absolutely stacked. Both cards are like incredible. They're they're both two night events. Last year's yeah. like last year's COVID WrestleMania was two nights, and it was like really good uh, yeah and i, I really, watched and really weird <laughs> yeah i watched last year and i remember because uh, again i'm not i, I like i i basically watched the big big events like the big pay-per-use with ife sure. uh, i don't really you know watch any stuff in between but uh so i'm i'm often asking ife like oh like what's this storyline right now you know like that kind of thing um but my biggest recollection from last wrestlemania was the boneyard match mm-hmm. because it ruled <laughs> yeah because it was like a, it was kind of a, a pre-filmed like you know because they couldn't have a live audience they pre-filmed it and it was undertaker versus aj styles and he literally buries aj styles at the end um the wikipedia for aj styles at the end was updated to be like <laughs> day of death <laughs> and like the day of the event and it's like cause of death buried by the undertaker in a graveyard match or a boneyard match it's very funny but uh but i loved that match and i'm like i remember asking you i'm like because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm c- coming up next is the Boneyard match. I'm like, what's a Boneyard match? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, they've never <laughs> done this before. And so it was really cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to, to this one. Uh, apparently, they're going to have uh, limited seating, though, right? Like, there's going to be a lot yeah, of audience. But, yeah. 
Yeah, so it's it's uh it's in the Buccaneers Stadium. So it's the same place the Super Bowl was this year. Right. Um, I believe they've capped they've capped the seating at twenty thousand. I believe for for both nights, um, which is something like a twenty five percent capacity or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all the uh, the seats have been sold in pods of one to six, and all of the um, all of the pods have to be purchased together. Right. Um, everyone who shows up has to get a temperature test, wear a mask the whole time. No bags are allowed inside at all. Um, so like the safety protocols for WrestleMania are like way more strict than the Super Bowl was. Right. And also, um, also the WWE has, has not WWE is not doing any open to the public events outside of WrestleMania for WrestleMania week, which is last year and this year, the first time they've never done that. Right. So the, the idea is like that would discourage some people from like, cause the Super Bowl, like a lot of people just descended on Tampa Bay all week to drink. Right. Um, unfortunately, uh, the people being most reckless this year in terms of the pandemic are the, the independent wrestling promotions, because mm. uh, for the past uh, I would say the past 20 or the past almost 10 years um, WrestleMania week has turned into like all wrestling events, biggest week of the year, like all wrestling right, promotions right. in America, biggest week of the year, because uh, starting in like 2006 or seven ring of honor realized like, Oh, Hey, we can run two or three shows the same weekend as WrestleMania in the same general like city area as WrestleMania and get a ton of people who are coming in from out of town and maybe they want to see another wrestling show. And uh, then WWE started doing like, Oh, we'll do NXT a big event that weekend as well. And then since ring of honor had so much success with it, every other wrestling promotion in the United States and some from Mexico and some from Canada and some from overseas uh, all realized Hey, if we do indie wrestling events, people are going to come. So there, right. like the past the past ten years, there's been like a four day wrestling convention and super shows and Ring of Honor and all these places coming from out of town. And they all like, I understand why they why they're doing it this year because it they missed out on this revenue last year and it's like all the money they're going to make in a year. Yeah. So I understand why they feel they have to do it, but like if there was ever a year to like scale it back, (laughs) this is the year, but instead like there's going to be like at least 50 indie wrestling shows this Mm -hmm. week. Um, And I'm pretty disappointed in that. Um, But you know, what can you do? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Man, I'm excited. Uh, Greg, I know is really excited. (laughs) I'm so stoked. (laughs) I am really, really just going overboard with excitement juice for the the ra- wrestling. All right, Greg. <laughs> don't don't blow a gasket there. Uh, hey, hey, I, I, I'm Greg, sorry. I'm Greg, sorry. I, I think it's, I get it. Yeah, I'm... I get it. I I my job for eight years was to write about wrestling, and so I definitely <laughs> hit a point where I was like, I, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So. <laughs> I think it's just like I, I, I never had an in with somebody. Yeah, I never, I never, I never had that. I mean, my ex liked wrestling, <laughs> but 
that was that's about as close that's, as you that's got. as close as I got, and yeah. that didn't last just, I mean, for it's very funny. long. So it's, it's like yeah, it's one of those things you're like you're born into. You know, your family watch it, or yeah, you find like someone else who likes it. Yeah, because it's definitely like I wouldn't watch it alone. I watch it with Ife, and yeah. that's why I enjoy it. You know, um, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a it's it's fascinating. I, I just started getting into it, you know, within the last five years, really, and just learning all about it and all the the history and like all that kind of stuff is just fascinating. So like, I, I'm actually, uh, I'm planning on buying uh, your book as well, Bill, at some point. Cause, oh, right. uh, cause I, I, yeah, like I said, I like the history. I think it's really cool. And I'd like to, to read your, uh, you know, hot slash uh, cold take, <laughs> uh, according to some critics. So, uh, I appreciate well, that. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's maybe pivot a bit. Yeah. Well, now that we know who Bill is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's Jeremy pivot. Uh, Hey, who? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's this episode. That is, yeah. Uh, that's a funny scene. Kind of. <laughs> it's a weird scene, but yeah, we are funny. here to talk about Homer to the Max, which is the thirteenth episode of season ten, written by John Schwartzwelder, hey. directed by Pete Michels, 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 Michels. I never yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, and original air date was February seventh, nineteen ninety nine. So this is as uh, as we alluded to, and if you listen to the opening theme song, is Homer changes his name. Yep, to Max Power. To Max Power, he saw it on a hairdryer. He sure did. Um, I think that's so funny. I like I like that they don't reveal it until later. Yeah, like that works really well because and they don't make a big deal of it. Yeah, it's just like thanks, it's on a hairdryer. It's like oh, that makes sense (laughs) because it's also it's also a plausible name he'd come up with. Outside of that, yes, right? Like, absolutely. so it's not like you're thinking, "Oh, where did he come up with that name?" Initially, it's like, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. He'd come up with that weirdo name, and then, <laughs> and then when it's like, no, I found it on a hairdryer. I think it's as far funny. as the plot of him changing his name goes, that's the best part. Sure, because I don't think the third act is good, and that's the only time his name is actually changed. Yeah, the third act has some problems yeah that's for sure yeah uh i will say i was happy that it wasn't a badger plot yep yeah that was um, that's surprising actually it was surprising in season 10 uh you know it, the the intro with the the tv shows uh you know they can get some fun meta digs in there and then immediately we're, we're with officer officer cops police cops police cops <laughs> yeah <laughs> police um, cops police cops, police cops. um Synergy. I, I I honestly I I've used that I've used that line a million times in the past like fifteen years, <laughs> especially especially the last few years with all the civil unrest. Oh, oh yeah, sure. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah the unstoppable the unstoppable power of police and, and cops. cops. <laughs> um yeah I think so yeah to just kind of dive in I think the episode is uh okay. Um, I think I agree with you, Greg, that the third act is is not great. Yeah. Or at the very least, I think it just kind of, it it doesn't, the premise that it sets up, which I think started to become kind of interesting of once he hasn't, once Homer has a new name, he's like invited to these, you know, illustrious uh, events. opens and, doors. Yeah. Like, I like that concept and I wish they kind of continued with that, but it has this yeah. this pivot at the end where it's like, now it's, now it's environmental shit and we're tying ourselves to trees and... Yeah. And then it becomes like really madcap and zany. Where he are we gonna do this? It was it's a Jeremy pivot. Yeah, we're we gonna keep doing we're gonna, that. Well, I think it's it's canon now. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the whole stuff at the end with the tree, like him cutting down the tree with the chain. Yeah, and then it crushing a bunch of other trees. That just got way too zany. Do- and it's a domino. It's like it's it's Looney Tunes. Yeah, and it just it, it just kind of start. 
Yeah. It starts so strong. Yep. Um, like with the the whole mid season, like rooting for mid season shows. And That's like, great. Very that, good shows, so, just good yeah. shows. Like yes. <laughs> his little spreadsheet. Excellent and very good. Homer and I uh, have very <laughs> similar spreadsheets. Yeah. It's true. It, it's, <laughs> it's just it's two so, columns. It, and I, I think that people like people who are younger than us don't really realize like <laughs> just how true that was for so many people. Holy shit. We're yeah. like, we waited for the new shows and yep. we were like positive. We were going to like them. Yeah. And when, and when, when they weren't good, it was like, it felt like it's such a betrayal. You know, <laughs> it felt like such a letdown. It was devastating. Do you remember that show birds of prey? Oh yeah. And how, oh yeah. But how much that sucked. I, know, yeah. I mean, I never watched it, but yeah. <laughs> that show, Mantis. Mantis. <laughs> I'm probably older than you guys. Uh, Mantis. <laughs> was, th- it, was it the Aquaman show? Mantis? Yeah. It was no. Mantis. No, was, I'm thinking of something different. It, M period, A period, N period. Oh, oh my God. God. It, was, uh, it was about a, a, a man in a wheelchair who became a superhero. I mean, that sounds great. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> AKA Ironside. That's what it is. It's Ironside. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what a big miss it was not to cast Michael Ironside? I, Greg, no <laughs> joke. No, no joke. I was literally thinking the exact same. Like, I was going to say that exact same sentence. I'm so glad. So, how dare you? <laughs> now, no one will know that I also thought that funny thing. Well, it's a tragedy. It is a tragedy. And everyone should know. Um, yeah, you know, I. So Simpsons was technically a mid-season uh, show, right? Because it aired in December. It did, it but remember, it was supposed to not. It was supposed to air before that, right? And then they pushed it, it because right. James L. Yeah, Brooks I, had I, the power to do so. In my memory, it, the the December episode, like the Christmas episode, aired, and then it was a short time later that the Simpsons started. I don't yeah, think it yeah. like commenced week to week after the Christmas special aired. It, it right, was because the it was because the 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 first season was such a, a clusterfuck of of, yeah. uh, of production. production. Yeah, like they they had to like the, the well, first the su- episode. Some enchanted evening. Yeah, was, some enchanted yeah. evening supposed to be the first episode. It is unairable in its current form, so they have <laughs> to push it back, which Get pushes back. Animated, right? Yeah, reanimated. Yeah. They have to push back their entire season, six months at least. And that episode's still dog shit. <laughs> and it's still dog shit by the end of it. Yeah, it's a babysitter bandit but one. This 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 see this episode starts so strong, and it's it's a really weird episode. Like uh, I like the episode, but it's a it's a really weird episode because knowing what we know now about Schwarzwelder and about mm-hmm. what The Simpsons was at that point and what The Simpsons is now, there are so many times that there's a lob where you expect the episode to go, given mm-hmm. the Simpsons formula. Yep that it keeps subverting but then it but but it keeps zagging too hard yes like like when he changes his name and the the discussion with marge of like well i fell in love with i didn't fall in love with max power i fell in love with homer simpson like you expect the rest of the episode to just be about marital strife just because that's every episode of the simpsons ever (laughs) that has been made for the past 30 years Um, but it doesn't but it doesn't go there she ends up like buying into his new life as max power and unfortunately there is the the unfortunate combination of homer homer accidentally 
attains a, pr- a higher privilege and a higher status by, by changing his name. He actually accomplishes what he wants to do. Yep. And there's the combination of, but we got to get him out of that by the end of the episode paired with, we have to stick it to liberals as much as we stick it to conservatives. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that, co- and that combination is so deadly because if you made this episode in 2021, it would be way less funny because it would be the Simpsons and it'd be way less funny. But the resolution of Homer getting out of his status would be completely different. Like it would be much closer to uh, Marge's country club episode. Yeah. Um, it, Cause, because there's, like I, he there's realizes so many... he just doesn't fit in with this crowd. That kind yeah. Of that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. But, but there's so many, but there are also so many other ways that we know of now to make fun of Democrats. Like, <laughs> the idea of that, like the the truly elite of Springfield, the elite to to the extent that it's Hollywood liberals like Lauren Michaels and Ed Begley <laughs> and the president of the United States <laughs> are involved in this uh, this lawn party. Yeah, <laughs> that they would all they would all turn this into well, we're so snooty and stuck up, we're going to go chain ourselves to some trees. Yep. When that isn't how, like, Ed Bagley, like, I understand Ed Bagley, and you make the good jokes about Ed Bagley, like the the car powered by his own sense of self-satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Like, like that. that's great, because that's who Ed Bagley was. Like, people knew, yep. like, this is the bleeding the heart liberal actor guy, yeah. who loves electric cars and solar power. Like, yeah. that's funny. And you got Ed Bagley as himself, yep. again, of course, Simpsons. <laughs> uh but but there are good Ed Begley jokes in there with him playing himself, and he's the butt of the jokes. But apart from Ed Begley, there there are like absolutely zero like liberal elites, like West Coast elites, who are like super wealthy and powerful that would go chain themselves to some trees. They would not do that. No. They would donate money to yes. Greenpeace or whoever is chaining themselves to trees or wear a ribbon for it. Um and it's just, it's such a hard, it's such a abrupt left turn. Yep. And it's so goofy <laughs> and it makes so little sense and it's so stupid. And the fact that like Homer, Homer's, uh, ho- what leads to Homer accidentally cutting down all the Redwoods is that he's evading the police, which the liberal elites are cheering on. Yeah. And his chain cuts down the tree and then they're all pissed off at him. Like it doesn't. It's yeah, although it's all the, over the place. <laughs> although, although the swab his eyes with mace is hilarious. Yep. And him running around the tree and the the two cops saying you better call for backup <laughs> is also very good. Yeah, the the, the episode also has a, a kind of a weird relationship with police overall, you know? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. obviously like the the police cops thing happens and uh we have the one scene with uh Wiggum where he's like, "Uh, you're that stupid cop or whatever." From TV. Yeah, and he's picking his ear with his gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, which which is classic Simpsons, you know, cutting yeah. cutting down on the on the authority of uh police forces. But yeah. then yeah, like you said at the end, they've got that weird moment where it's like they're yeah, they're chasing him they're swabbing mace and they just don't know what they're doing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, What, what really, um, what, what, what something you said that I really want to pick up on is, um, 
Bill, what do we know about Schwartzwelder now? <laughs> Did I miss that? <laughs> Am I going to learn something that I don't like? Well, isn't, like, like about Roald Dahl? Wasn't he... I, I might be thinking of the wrong... Um, no, I might be thinking of the wrong... I, I just mean, like, what we know of, like, um, his tendencies and proclivities in terms of writing. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just mean, like, where, where The Simpsons went yeah. after this episode sure. of, like, there are... Like this is the point. Like this is the transitional Schwarzwelder, where it's like yeah. he's he's still like creating some quality content, but he's also sort of like phasing himself out yeah. of of being really good. Like yeah, that's he's, true. He's working on other he's working on other projects. He's he's not one million percent committed to the Simpsons anymore. He he has a team of people who are like you know. At this point, The Simpsons is starting to get to being on autopilot. Yes. Yeah, we're and almost there. We're we're really close. Yeah. There's it, a- it's it's I, like season. You know, he he left the show at, at a certain point, and then came back. Right. Yeah. Um. You, so, I think he left when. God, I don't want to sp- speak out of turn. Like when the show when the showrunners switched. Right. Yeah. Like he it, left, and that, then that sounds right. When Al Jean comes back. Um, and he probably comes back for the movie because so many of them come back for the movie. I believe. Yeah. I thought I, I, I had thought that he, is he not, is he not back with the Simpsons again now? He might be, uh, Alan's Cause just I, I, I thought I, I thought I saw him involved in the whole middle finger up who stuff, mm. um, which <laughs> is very but, classy I mean, like, hill to die on. Yeah. It's 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 unfortunate, but it's so it's so in line with like what boomer Democrats are. Like it's so f- perfectly in line with that of <laughs> so, like we're on your side. How can we be wrong like that? <laughs> that thing. So according to his writing credits, at least uh, the last episode he wrote was the Regina monologues, which okay. which is in two thousand three. Yeah, uh, he did come back for the okay. movie, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because this one is. 99 so he yeah he's still with the show for another four years or so mm-hmm. um okay. yeah and you, you know it's interesting because yeah the the feeling i always had with john Schwartzwelder once i started to like learn who some of the writers were and whatnot is mm-hmm. uh anytime you know you told me oh this episode was written by john Schwartzwelder, i'd be like oh that makes sense or like ah i see like i can see his yeah. mark on it but like yeah. this episode and a lot i think uh, i actually want to check if because he did yeah homer simpson kidney trouble wizard of evergreen terrace uh and he does maximum homer drive and monty can't buy me love are the other ones from the season that he's that he's credited for. good lord yeah and like if you had told me any of those episodes were written by him beforehand i would have been like oh really <laughs> like, yeah you know yeah. that would be my reaction because it, do- it definitely seems like the the show's starting to become more of a written by committee kind of mm-hmm. uh kind of show uh versus uh having certain writers with their very unique kind of takes um it still has its it still has an identity like my unifying theory for the the next couple of years under scully is that it has an identity and that identity is it's trying to be what it used to be yeah um sometimes sometimes it succeeds when but, it's but when it's, it's when it's good it it's trying to be what it used to be then al Jean comes back and then the trains just run on time that's right. I I think that I I think that every everything that be like everything like this, every cultural thing like this where it's like 
it 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 starts off as you know whatever it starts off as whether it's unlikely or whether it's you know whatever i mean Scrappy let's not kid ourselves could. yeah let's let's not kid ourselves that the simpsons didn't have a lot of like capital behind it like they oh, yeah. didn't have like people who were like determined to make it work on the studio <laughs> side like that it wasn't a feather in the cap of like fox from the get go yeah but like every every entity like this um it it always has uh this cycle of like we're to, like starting off as like we're going to prove to everyone that we're the real deal and once we've proved to everyone we're the real deal the cycle of we're going to make sure that this is the absolute best show on television retain this acclaim boost our acclaim win every award we can and be like the thing that everyone aspires to and once you hit that level and it becomes clear that you have a blank check that you have autonomy that you can do this as long as you want to do it and there there is no danger there are no longer any stakes to you turning in a shitty episode like it's impossible for a creative team to not dip like yeah. it, it there's no way to like if you are the cultural touchstone in in um, in north america in the world if you're the cultural touchstone if you're the reference point for pop culture and it's abundantly clear to everyone who makes the show to everyone who puts the show on the air and to everyone who watches the show that there is at no point any danger of this show not existing anymore unless you yourself choose to end it. The, how the fuck are you not going to suffer <laughs> from like, there's no one in the world who would, who would be like, no, I'm going to continue to kill myself and work 20 hour days and make sure that this is the, the, the most finely honed comedy that's ever been seen on top. Fuck no, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like uh um the, the whole the whole like career trajectory for Shyamalan I find very fascinating because it's it's similar to what you're saying Bill like he got to the point where he was just like yeah studios will give me a whole shit ton of money and I can make whatever I want and so he did that and no one liked them hmm. and so he was like well I got to I got to make this like have some stakes again so he self finances yeah. uh his next film The Visit and uh, you know whether you like or dislike that movie, you can tell it's like it's he's getting some of his spark back at least right. of tr right, of right. of trying, and like it was way more acclaimed than uh, you know Last Airbender or After Earth or I think those sure. are the those are the, well, two. It's hard the to happening Lady in the Water. All of those, <laughs> it's more acclaimed than all of those. Um, <laughs> the the thing that doesn't ring true to me, the thing that 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 sticks in my in my craw is that. The show is uh, uniformly for 33 years against risk. It is yeah. anti-risk, which you just said it, Bill. It has this. It has this insane blank check that no one is willing to cash. <laughs> and and at the same time, every time, every time, every time the show has taken a risk, people have been fucking furious about it. <laughs> So what is their incentive to take risks? Like yeah. they killed Maude. People were fucking pissed off. Yep. They said Principal Skinner wasn't Principal Skinner and they got hate mail for 20 years about it. <laughs> like they, 
you know, they, they killed, like, you know, whatever character, people got pissed off about it. They said, you know, Homer was this, and people got pissed off about it. Like, they de-aged Homer and Marge and said Homer was in a Nirvana band now, and people got yep. pissed off about it. Like, why in the world would they, like, what, like, if you have this blank check and you are coasting, and you have proven time and again that every time you take the slightest risk, people cut your head off, you're not going to stick your neck out anymore. Like, I... Uh, going going by that same token, like of like becoming a becoming a franchise, becoming an institution, like uh, obviously, like this is something that Saturday Night Live has gotten tarred with forever, yep. um, forever. As long as like since 1980, people yep. have been saying Saturday Night Dead. Yep. Like <laughs> every year, every year they're like, ah, like, oh, it's, and, and, it's and the and worst I, year and yet. I, and I understand. And I understand. Yeah, I understand all. Like I, I think all of the criticisms of it are valid. I think that I understand people who don't find it funny. I I understand people who find it the, to be the antithesis of comedy. Hmm. I still find it funny more often than I don't. Yeah, and I watch it every time. But I I do think that the I do think that the show absolutely has periods of lulls. I think that it absolutely has it is a machine by design. You have to put on a new live show with a different host who has to feature in ninety percent of the sketches every week. That is an impossible task. Yeah. <laughs> so of course you're going to go for the safe route. And Game the root of like this is not going to be the this is not going to be the apex of comedy every week because we've got to kill ourselves every week to make this show because it's fucking impossible to do and we do it every week and it's crazy and I think that that is admirable in and of itself because there's no reason why that show should still be live after all these years <laughs> but they just do it because it is an institution so like they're making it harder on themselves than they have to yeah by not and and also aren't turning in like the best comedy but i don't even know if they're capable of turning in the best comedy but i do think that with with very few exceptions every time that the cast turns over and every time the head writers turn over the show gets really fucking good again for at least a year if not a couple years because all of the like all of the people who are on saturday night live become extremely famous because they're on saturday night live yep and they get to go and do other things that they're passionate about or that they get paid way more money to do, or they stay there forever because this is what exactly what they want to do. But every time that cast turns over or those head writers turn over, the show is reinvigorated again because all these new people who come into it are like, I need to use this to launch my career. There's millions of people watching me every week and I got to do everything I can. I got to create characters. I got to write awesome sketches. I got to, be out there doing my thing as to the best of my ability. And I think that that is something that I think that the lack of that has absolutely torpedoed the Simpsons. You got 70, whatever year old Julie Kavner <laughs> playing Marge. Like it's well, the she same. Voice rough too. <laughs> these people are, yeah, these people are never going to age. These characters are never going to age. You can have the exact same cast doing the same voices of the same people forever until they die. And then you can hire a new person who does an impression of that person to do the voice from there. And the fact that, the, that these characters are never going to look any different. The fact that the characters are never going to sound any different. They're <laughs> always going to be there. They're always going to be locked in stasis. Like, God damn, how can you not, have that sync your comedy like yeah. Saturday Night Live by design like you have the exception of like Daryl Hammond who stays there for 10 years or Keenan Thompson who stays there for like 12 years or whatever Tim Meadows who stays there for 12 years like those are one out of 14 people yeah. 
who will stay there for a decade and everyone else around them is like hey i'm here i'm going to spend like three years on this show and i'm going to do something bigger and like <laughs> then you got another person coming in and be like i fucking did groundlings for seven years and now i'm ready to go like it's it's always going to be infused with new life it's yeah. always gonna it's always like it's gonna have lulls but every few years you have to have a new cast because people are gonna leave or get fired or whatever or wash out because they can't hang with the work schedule that's never going to happen to the simpsons so the the quality is not not going to be forced to be better yeah it's it's interesting because it's it's that same kind of shift like snl is such a great like uh example of the parallel kind of way the simpsons became the institution because you know when snl first started it was you know uh the quote-unquote not ready for prime time players and it was just like People like co- comedians trying to make a name for themselves, but now mm-hmm. SNL is such an institution that, uh, like you said, people go on it uh, a- as a means to launch their career. But also, yeah. it becomes this kind of commercial for current projects with the celebs. You know, they they always get mm-hmm. the the hosts, you know, who have upcoming projects or whatnot. It becomes like yeah. that's the point of the show in a lot of ways now is to just to promote their upcoming project. And The Simpsons had a similar kind of thing where they would get. Uh, actors on like celebrity actors on that would uh, work well with the story or with the character or people they were fans of whatever but like it it was for a purpose and now it's just like oh you have something to promote soon you should be on the Simpsons because that's how you get your name out there because the Simpsons is such an institution yeah um yeah, did you it's another part of the publicity tour yeah it's it became like doing doing Conan and uh Letterman the Simpsons became another stop in Leno on, on the publicity don't tour. Don't forget Leno. Well, I just don't like saying the name because <laughs> he's he's probably just hanging out in his garage, hanging hey, banging hey, on a car or something. You want to see my yeah, car? Just bring some cars. Do some car shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill, I'm curious if you ever watched the the episode uh, Bart Hood. Did you ever watch that one? It's a it's a more it's, recent one. No, it's I like it's like a boy. A boy I, I heard hood. about it. Yeah. Uh, I, thought I, I think I had heard good things. Yeah, we, we watched it for our Patreon, and we actually really liked it. And I think that was, like, such a weird, like, <laughs> moment for me to realize this is what the show should have it been doing. It felt like a eureka moment that, you know? n- that no one in the writing room got. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, th- that's how you, like, like what you're saying of injecting the show with some something new and something interesting is age the characters. Start to have them yeah. progress through the stages of life that we've never seen them go through yet. Uh, you know, have Bart yeah, go all into the college. Fu- all the future episodes are always amazing. Yeah, like and the, like because it has I that. Don't, I, I don't understand. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why they didn't just do it or have a spinoff of like. Now the Simpsons is the the, the kids are old. Yeah, like a, a Rugrats all grown up situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a, a, like a R- reverse Riverdale Muppet Babies, <laughs> new Archies. <laughs> See, the uh, president's already been set. Like that, like that great Staved show by the bell of the college years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, old friends. You know, old you, friends. You remember when, yeah. you remember when Ross old is a, is an old man? Yeah, of course. It's going to happen still, on HBO still, Max. Still angry and a horrible person. Um, yeah. Old friends. Old friends, <laughs> aka. Uh, Shit, what was Pat LeBlanc's character? What was the oh. Pat LeBlanc show? Oh, uh, Man with a Plan? Oh, um, no, the oh, HBO episodes. one or Showtime. Oh, the episodes. Show, Showtime one, yeah. yeah. I was thinking extras, but that's the very good that's, Ricky Gervais. That's Ricky Gervais, yeah. Um, man, yeah. So, <laughs> so to bring it back to the episode a little bit, um, I do want to talk about uh, his... His relationship with the uh, Homer Simpson character on screen, right? Okay. 
because I'm curious of you guys. I mean, I, I, I was trying to think of this while I was watching it based on both of your names, and I, I don't think so, but I don't know. Have you ever had a moment like that where a character was your name? Yes, the actor Gregory Peck. <laughs> and I was very happy about it. <laughs> Alan has his head, his head in his hands, uh, shaking his head. Because... Not just Greg. <laughs> oh, of course. Greg Wilson. <laughs> right. Like, did you ever watch a show? And yes. There was... Sorry. Yes. Wilson the volleyball. All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's funny because there's a close example. Yeah. In the TV show House. <laughs> yeah. Greg House. <laughs> Greg House and his best friend Wilson. Yeah. Greg Wilson right yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched that show for years, never put it together until now. Well, you're welcome. Do you want to know something else that'll blow your mind? What? So your dad's name is John. Yeah. Last name Wilson. Uh-huh. My dad's name is Wayne. Uh-huh. Last name Johnson. Whoa. The initials are flipped. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And technically, you're also a Johnson because you're what? John's son. That's true. Holy shit. Now, if only my name was Will, then it would be full circle. We're related. We're, yeah, we're, we're brothers. <laughs> um, but I, I imagine you too, Bill, like you have a pretty unique name as far as I know anyway. Have you ever encountered like a character on a show or anything named Bill Hanstock? No. <laughs> uh, my, my name is extremely rare. Yeah. It's like one in six million people have my last name. It's a misspelling of Hancock because people in the middle ages didn't know how to read or write um so <laughs> but the, okay uh, so the movie hancock with will smith though that's pretty close yeah yeah that's, that's basically <laughs> me uh that's what i got uh most most of the time what i get is people yell the bill nye theme song i mean that's oh yeah bill okay bill bill um like that like that that's the one <laughs> so but seriously though gregory peck one person in my life calls me that Sure. Yeah. On a regular basis, just as a as a as a as a as a larf. Is it a larf? I consider it a compliment. I mean, yeah, it's it's partly that. It's partly just you know word association kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, so I haven't had it myself. I haven't had like a character with my name on a show that I remember that it was like you know a big deal. However, uh, there is an episode of Lost mm. called Meet Kevin Johnson. Oh shit! Which is my brother's name. Yes, and. So when that, this is in season four, this is like the final episode of the first, like, uh, season four had the weird thing because it was a writer's strike, but there was like eight episodes and then they did another like five. So the eighth episode of season four was called Meet Kevin Johnson. Now at the time I was so in the pocket of Lost mm, yeah. that I like literally, if they announced anything about the show, I dug deep. I was like, what could this mean? Let's talk on the forums, <laughs> you know? Um, and I remember when they announced the episode titles, the upcoming episode titles, and one was called Meet Kevin Johnson. Oof. And I lost my mind. Yeah. Because I was like, <laughs> what does this mean? Kevin, come in here. <laughs> Look at this. What is it? What could it mean? You know, obviously they're just like, oh, it's a name. We're going to use that name. But to me, it was like, it was this weird, like, Illuminati confirmed kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, turns out it's just the name, spoilers for Lost, <laughs> the name that Michael uh takes as an alias when he comes back yeah no it's great but it was i just, remember that episode it's good yeah it was just one of those things where i was like oh that's like that's such a unique i mean it's not that unique obviously johnson's a pretty common name but like uh, just a weird kismet thing that happened in my life and uh yeah i don't know i just thought about that while i was watching this episode because that would be weird if you're watching a show and it's like yes my name is greg wilson you'd be like oh shit that's oh, my name shit look at that <laughs> uh the only thing is like i i find it weird that 
the town starts to be like, oh, you must be that character then, you know? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense on a, <laughs> a, a on a logic level. Yeah, Springfield rarely uh, do ever does. To, uh, <laughs> but it's... it has a it has a a, a nursery rhyme logic, and uh, <laughs> I have to uh, I have to unfortunately make a pro wrestling reference here. But um, <laughs> if if you are able to track it down, uh, I was at this match live. Uh, I believe the only time that Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega ever wrestled in PWG. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson at that point, um, well known to be the most gifted technical wrestler of his, perhaps any generation. Kenny Omega, who at that point was making a name for himself as one of the greatest up and coming uh, technical wrestlers uh, of the new generation, opted to do a comedy match (laughs) in PWG, wherein they both bonded over the fact that their real names were both John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, they did so the you, whole you, like his you, name is my name too. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you if you have the uh, if you, if you have the ability to track down that match, I highly recommend. That's it. so it's, funny. Uh, it's a fun watch. <laughs> but that's that's the sort of logic of like, yeah. Oh, Max, but like. It also like going back to like the people don't really understand now about like people getting excited about new television shows mm-hmm. and sitting down with the whole family to watch. Oh, what what great new shows are network TV going to come up with for mid season? <laughs> uh, they they also don't really understand the it's it's absurd, but it's not so far absurd to be like uh, completely impossible of people in a relatively small town being like, Hey, he's got the same name as the guy on TV. I want to meet this guy now and get his autograph and get my picture taken with him. Like that's, that's the sort of stuff that actually did happen. Like, yeah. Uh, oh, Oh, uh, now I'm well known because my name is on television now, but it is that, but it is that, that, that nursery rhyme fairy tale logic of like, that's my name too. Yeah. And whenever we go out, the people always shout. And Springfield, Max Power. Springfield has a history of, you know, <laughs> being being stupid. Yeah. Local yeah. man I was has trying to be more delicate. Same yeah. name. Yeah. That's a great. That's, the, that's a great. That, headline. Is headline, great. Yeah. that is an amazing joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like the 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 most throwaway line in the whole show. And it's like maybe the best joke. Yeah. <laughs> Other than who is Jeremy Piven? <laughs> sure. We don't know. But it scared us. Um, uh, I, I disagree. I do have a different favorite joke, but those are pretty oh good. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, yeah. we'll talk about those when we get to it. Yeah. I have one. I have another thing I wanted to bring up, though, Yeah. Um, that I wanted to talk about. And it's the, uh, I mean, the, the plot point of changing a, a lead character in a show after the pilot. Yeah. Right? Because mm. that is, it is pretty common. Like that's not, you know, yeah. that's not a thing they made up for this episode. Uh, I would say the, the, the huge shift between the pilot and the second episode, I, I presume, mm-hmm. uh, is mm-hmm. is pretty rare. Yeah, for it to be quite so different. But <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys have any example? Like I one uh, one recently, I re- I recently rewatched Brooklyn Nine Nine, and mm-hmm. uh, if you watch the f- the pilot episode of that, uh, Rosa Rosa Diaz has a different voice. She's just Stephanie Beach is <laughs> just using her normal voice, mm. and it's so jarring yeah. because it's such a like iconic <laughs> voice in a way for the character where she's like she's always talking like this. Like shut up, Sarge. I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm going. To... And in the pilot, she's just like, 
hey, everyone. Uh, so I'm going over here. And it's just like, whoa, <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I was trying to think of other like examples of pilots with vastly different there's changes. Lots of, there's lots of like first seasons that yeah. are like bizarro seasons. Like the first season of Black Adder is like so unwatchably bad. And it's like, <laughs> Like it, it ends up being turned into an anthology show mm. um, that has that shares characters or descendants of characters, right. and seasons two through five or two through four and the special or whatever are all like amazing, like some of the best like comedy that's ever been on television. The first Black Adder is so like <laughs> the Black Adder, like Rowan Atkinson's character does a weird voice the whole mm. time and is like a, a stupid ninny and in all the other seasons he's like a a cunning lothario right. like it, it's it's such a it's such a weird more johnny english than mr Bean. First season. <laughs> yes uh new uh, new yeah. girl does does one um uh, the, the, the pilot of new girl but they 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 like they get around it because uh damon waynes jr right. is cast then uh happy endings happy yeah. gets yeah. weirdly picked up for that third third season and i'm i'm really glad that it did i well, like that, that show rules. um but, but coach coach wasn't just in the first episode that's right? the thing yeah. that's the thing that's like that that was what like because i watched new girl weirdly as it aired and <laughs> it was like no they mentioned coach in the second episode yeah. saying that yeah he just went to new york or whatever and because yeah, probably it, at the time they weren't sure if they'd be able to get him back for exactly you know, yeah so, and yeah. lamorne yeah. morris moves in yeah and it's like yeah. okay cool that's great and then fourth season comes around and it's like, well, happy endings ended a, a couple of years ago and let's coaches bring back. coaches back. And I thought that was a really great idea that they didn't close the door. on. Yeah, that. they 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 yeah. at least recognize that they could bring that character back. Yeah, it's not. Also, I just on that note, too, I think Lamorne Morris or Winston is vastly different in season one. That, and for, and for the better, he becomes a weirdo yes. in later seasons, and he becomes a great. He's one of my yeah. favorite characters he's on that show. Super weirdo, but it's great. Uh, at first he's just like a classic kind of jock who likes basketball. Yeah, and then he's and then later on it's like, oh, I like puzzles and cats, and it's like I, cool. I think I, I think the season one idea of him being like the being this this jock who came back from playing basketball in Europe is really fun because he's kind of having like this pre midlife crisis, right. and we get to see the fallout of that for the rest of the series. Uh, yeah. which is, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm in that place, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty fun to see that happen. It's a great show. It's a really good show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do like that. I would, but like the first, the first, uh, oh, the first, uh, episode of Seinfeld Elaine yeah. doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Is um, she even in the first season? She is. She, she is. She's she in is. the second yeah. episode. Second uh, episode. Okay. Yeah. Basically but the first season of Seinfeld is so weird. It's so weird. Yeah. I mean the, the 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 whole like history is literally and they you know they mock it in the 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 meta season where they write a pilot but uh Jerry and Larry write the Seinfeld and then the network is like you need to put a girl in there guys <laughs> like you need to write a woman and they're like we don't know how <laughs> what do women think we don't know there um, there's yeah. a there are a ton of I think this is more common honestly in like British shows there's so many British shows where like cuz it only makes 6 episodes for a yep, season yep. where it's like the first season airs, and then the second season's like, ah, uh, well, we gotta find different people. <laughs> like, <laughs> red, like Red Dwarf, there's like Holly changes <laughs> into a, a man, and then changes back into a woman. Like oh, wow. the later seasons again, yeah, <laughs> yeah. TV's loose, you know. Yeah, that's true. It's an elastic universe, just like The Simpsons. You remember the show Misfits? <laughs> yeah, 
Where they were just like, yeah, "Yeah, I don't know. This guy's got powers this season. Yeah, sure. Whatever. (laughs) I I do love, um, you know, uh, what Buffy did with, like, Buffy and Angel. Like, Angel, like, them both, like, killing characters that, like, you assume are going to be big deals. Like, apparently Joss Whedon, you know, whatever about Joss Whedon, but (laughs) apparently he, he, he had always wanted to like have someone in the opening credits of something that you just kill off, like in the, and he, like he put like the, the friend that dies like in the, in the two, in the two part, no, in the two part pilot. Oh, the Jesse, the first two episodes of the show. Yeah. Played by Brad. He's in the opening credits. Uh, Yeah. What's the fuck is that guy's name? Not Brad. No one knows. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Jesse is the character, um, but yeah, yeah, he he gets he's positioned as a main character in the in the pilot, and then gets killed in the second episode. That's <laughs> great because <laughs> that guy great. also sucks. Eric Balfour, that's his name. Fuck that guy. Oh, is it Eric Balfour? It's wow. Eric Balfour, yeah. And he he just had this weird run of being this skeezy asshole in so many like teen comedies and shows. So I always he's just our generation's him. <laughs> he's our generation's Jack Noseworthy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm uh, losing it. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> you never saw Dead at 21? No, I can't. I can't say I did. <laughs> you never saw the movie. He's in the movie Alive about the uh, Argentinian playing. See, crash. I did see that movie. Yeah. They eat it's each other's mouth. butts. They do. Yes, Greg. they do. They I eat know. the butt. I know they eat the butts. <sighs> I'm coming across great right now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you can, if Greg can name any movie where someone eats someone else's butt. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's his thing. Um, well, uh, fellas, yeah. do we have any final thoughts on this episode? I, I think it has a strong uh, first and second act, yeah. actually. And this, I, interestingly enough, when the name change happens, uh, I'm just like it. Well, I think Bill put it best. It just it it zigs and zags, and it goes too far in both ways. Jeremy pivots too yeah. far. Yeah, if Jeremy pivots way too far. Yeah, I think uh, it's. I I really like the beginning. Yeah, I really like the beginning. I think that if you stop watching after Bill Clinton leaves the party, you're you're totally set. Although I do like the the Ed Bigley car joke. You can stop watching after that if you prefer. Now, am I crazy, or did in this episode President Bill Clinton yes. admit to fucking a pig? <laughs> yes, he did. All right. Yes. <laughs> just um, want to make sure it was clear. I thought it was actually a uh, relatively uh, restrained depiction <laughs> of Clinton. Um, well, it's funny because he was in the last episode, too. Right? Sunday, Cruddy Sunday. Yeah. Because he was uh, Gore was measuring the office. That's right. Um, wow. And so at that time, when they, when they made that episode, they weren't sure if Clinton was going to be president still. Because... Oh, the, I've, the I've, impeachment trials were happening. I believe. I wasn't. Was he not already acquitted in '99? Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I just know that maybe production order yes. wise, I feel like yeah, I feel he like was already acquitted in '99. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think the they were just happened when I was in high school. Yeah. I think the measuring the office was, was the Gore's gonna yeah. be the next president, yeah. and and unfortunately that wasn't. The case. Who was? Who was it? Who do you know? Who is doing? Is it Shearer doing? Um, Clinton's voice, or is it Azaria? Uh, I think it is Shearer, but I don't recall. The thing is, so I actually looked this up because there's the the weird moment where um, uh, Ned shows up at the window, yeah. and has a oh, different yes. voice, right? <laughs> and, That's great. And I remember looking that up because I'm like, who is that voice? I don't recognize that voice. And it was um, 
Oh shoot, where is his name? Uh, Carl Carl Wiedergott. <laughs> uh, got a completely different. Well, he's funny. a he's a guy who who does uh, both John Travolta and Bill Clinton impressions often. So okay. I was like, maybe mm. he's the one doing Clinton in this episode, but mm. I couldn't find I couldn't confirm that. I couldn't find anything to confirm that. So I don't know for sure, but apparently that's like that's been his thing. Is he just he's just like kind of a a, a secondary bit player on The Simpsons for in this era where okay. just, they'll just get him to do some random shit here and there. Cool. Yeah. Weird. 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 <laughs> weird that if they had the Clinton guy, he doesn't do Clinton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but I'm I'm certain that before, like uh, uh, the Treehouse episode with Clinton uh-huh. is uh, Sheer, I believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. From my recollection. Anyway. Because Bob Dole is Dan, right? <laughs> Bob Dole don't need this. I think that's Sheer. Maybe I'm switching yeah. them. Whatever. Okay. It's one of the fucking white dudes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh... <laughs> I oh yeah I just want to say my final thoughts about the episode. Uh, it's good, not great. Um, it's it's not as egregious as I feared it would be. Oh yeah. I guess my my recollection is he changes his name to Max Power and becomes an asshole, and he doesn't really. He doesn't become mm. an asshole. He just becomes a little more confident and a little yeah. less Homer. But he's not like he's not jerk ass Homer, which is an easy route for them to. To go with this. The only episode. time he is jerk ass Homer is when Trent Steele is trying to get them onto the bus and he keeps interrupting. But at that time I'm like, <laughs> just let them have the lawn party, man. Why are you <laughs> why are right. you trying to drag this episode away from this funny yeah, lawn party? Exactly. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think uh, as we've all said, the third act is the weakest and kind of ruins any goodwill I have to the episode uh, up to that point. Yeah. A um, doesn't quite ruin it for me or anything, but it just like yeah, it just it's a little too too out of left field, a little too weird compared to the rest of the episode. Because yeah, I, I was enjoying the idea of oh, if you have a different name, uh, you could become a, an, a one of the elite, as it were. Yeah. And it's, you know, and because the whole you know nature versus nurture. If I was born with a different name, who knows what my life would be like? You know, I do think there's something to that. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, it just kind of <laughs> just abandons that and is just like I don't know, it's trees. If your name was Handsome Be Wonderful, where could you be? Exactly. Or uh, Rockefeller Q. Einstein or whatever <laughs> whatever fucking weird name uh, he came up with for that. I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to the reference desk. Okay. Uh, are, right, we so to, uh, are we to are we to infer that uh, police cops has been running for twenty something years or whatever in Springfield at this point? Ooh. Is uh, is Homer Simpson now the Elliot Stabler of uh, of this Simpsons universe? I mean, I hope so. It's possible it was never canceled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, America's Funniest Home Videos referenced right at the top. Funniest tornadoes. Yeah. Uh, All in the family. Um, police cops is uh, kind of a riff on Miami Vice. Uh, you have Anthony. Kind of. <laughs> well, <laughs> at the very least in style. And um, yeah. Anthony Michael Hall referenced. <laughs> yes. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> Looked like. Yeah. Unnecessarily Stole- cruel to Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, what was is like stole your car stereo? That was really funny. Apocalypse Now referenced. Uh-huh. Did you like that one? Yes, I did. You love that movie. And Marge was wrong about it. Right, is just say like, oh, you're like the comic relief, like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse it's Now. It's my favorite joke of the oh, episode. Oh damn it! Okay, <laughs> sorry, awesome. I ruined it. We'll go, we'll come back to it. Uh, Spaghettios. Uh oh, Spaghettios. Uh-oh, Spaghettios. Titanic and Frasier. 
<laughs> which was their original pitch for the, the, pitch the show, Titanic meets Frasier, which I'd like to see. Um, and then, of course, Jeremy Piven and Annie Potts. Uh, so, the yeah, the names that I mentioned, uh, Hercules Rockefeller was one. Mm-hmm. So those are two, I mean, Rockefeller, the Dirty Rock guy. Uh, and, and other things. The family dynasty. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then Hercules, of course, from uh, Disney's Hercules family, yep. specifically. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Rembrandt Q. Einstein. That's the one. Rembrandt, mm-hmm. of course, is a famous artist. Yes. I know, I know so much about Rembrandt. Uh, and then Einstein, a uh, famous uh, scientist, I think. Science man. Yeah, sure. Interesting. <laughs> uh, the, the Rembrandt pool is interesting because... Homer at the beginning of the episode claims that television is better than the Renaissance. Oh yeah, and right. then picks a Renaissance painter to name himself after. <laughs> Maybe he's reading a book on the Renaissance he's, currently, but he spelt it incorrectly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he was walking... thinking of a different Rembrandt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking of the Rembrandts that that nineties band. Oh, of course, that <laughs> plays the song of that Friends has. Yeah, the old Friends show. The old Friends show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, senior friends. I don't know. There's a better name for it, but I'd like to see that. No, show. Old friends is perfect. Old friends is good. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. The name you want to touch, but you mustn't touch. Yeah. Woody Harrelson shows up but doesn't speak. He has hemp yes. pants, um, and everyone laughed. Cinderella. Yep. Hey, let's sing the Cinderella song. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> I liked that part. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lorne Michaels, Lorne Michaels. Uh, shows up. And uh, you know, there's Clinton as well, but I just have to Ed say, Jr. I thought that the the Lord Michaels bit was really funny. I I, I did laugh at that. He he was very sad. Yes, <laughs> it, is, it is very. It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. All right, favorite joke. So we we spoiled Greg's a bit. My let's, favorite let's joke dive into it. was you you you're like the comic. He's the comic relief character, like Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, <laughs> which is so funny to me. As someone it's who's as someone who's seen that movie so many times, I just I love Marge this season, guys. I know she's killing yeah. it still. I got an honorable mention that's related to her. Yeah, uh, and she gets my favorite joke mainly because it's I I just really think it's funny when when anyone like when when it's written into the script that there's a fundamental misunderstanding of a f- of of a film book or or text of any kind and it's like it's like this when this and like you clear like it's just funny to me to imagine marge watching apocalypse now and being like oh wasn't that marlon brando character Kirk's. funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i don't know how i felt about that movie the, but that colonel kurtz just what a laugh riot yeah <laughs> that new woodsy allen movie yeah. <laughs> That nervous fellow who's in them all the time. Uh, that's my favorite joke. What about you, Bill? What's your favorite joke? Uh, I'll just toss out a few. Sure. Uh, police, cops, police, cops uh, <laughs> is way up there. Uh, the right way, the wrong way, and the Max Powers way, which is the wrong way, but faster. Yes. Uh, yes. Smells like mint. I spit my gum in there. It's great. <laughs> um, and then and then the whole bit with, uh, Homer, you just wrote my name. I wanted your name, and then he has to check the name again for Carl. Carl. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it's technically a joke, but incredible bit of uh, physical comedy in a in a cartoon of Homer getting his scarf stuck in the fan, getting yeah. flung out of the window <laughs> into a car, Absolutely. out of the door into a car. Yeah, yep. that's that's pretty great. <laughs> 
Uh, my favorite joke. Uh, so the honorable mention is when Marge, Marge asks Homer, "Where'd you meet this Trent Steele, Moe's? <laughs> <laughs> She's got this stank on it. It's yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> clearly she's like, oh yeah, you probably met him at Moe's. I love how much she hates Moe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and Trent Steele, also a good name, and he has one of my favorite jokes, well, hi- him and Homer, is, you like tie? Tie good. You like shirt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed out loud at that. I did not see it coming. It was very funny to me. So. Marge, this is Thai food. <laughs> I want to eat it morning, noon, and night. <laughs> uh, well, those are our favorite jokes. Well, who's the episode MVP? Marge. You're, you're going Marge. I'm going with Marge. <laughs> I mean, I might go, I might go Homer, honestly. I know it's cliche because yeah. it's an episode about him. No, it's but all I, good. But I think he, I think he really adheres himself well throughout the episode, even with the weird third act. Like he's still in like the right mindset and the right mind frame. I think to make me enjoy his character arc, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loses a little bit of points at the end when he's just making a bunch of boob jokes about Marge, Busty Larue and Chesty whatever. Chesty and, Saint Clair. And then he just Busty gra- Saint Clair, Chesty Busty, Larue. Right. And then he just grabs her tits <laughs> at the end. Well. <laughs> She's like, let go of those. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he's just trying to get a little frisky. He just wants to snuggle. <laughs> yeah. What about he's Homer uh, now? You can snuggle now. That's right. Uh, Bill, it's, it's it's probably it's probably Marge, but this is a sh- this is a, actually a shockingly strong episode for Wiggum. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, also for Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Good guest appearance. It's a it's a rare guest appearance where the guest is playing themselves and and it works and it works. Yeah, um, you know what I like Ed Bagley Jr. in almost anything. Well, yeah, but the uh, page specifically master? better Better Call Saul. Oh yeah, he's really, oh yeah, he's really good in that yeah. that little arc. Yeah, because I'm like I like this guy and <laughs> and our hero of the show is being an asshole to him. So like he's right to be <laughs> mad at him, but yeah. he's also like he's trying to be nice. He's trying to give him a you know a hand and. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think he. Yeah, he plays it really well. Anyway, he's also great in the page. Uh, I'll, sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll also. I'll, I'll always be upset that uh, Michael, Michael McKeon did not get any Emmy love for that show. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he's wow. So good. So One of the best uh, characters and performances in the past ten years. Television. Yeah. The uh, the episode chicanery. Uh, should have won him the Emmy, in my opinion. Which one's yeah. that? That's the one where he's on the stand. Oh God, I love yeah. that episode. Yeah. Incredible. Well, uh, I think that about does it. Yeah, we did it. We did it. Right on. Great. Thank Homer you so much, Bill. Max. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I man. really appreciate Great. it. Um, and I... do you want to plug your your stuff again? Right yeah, one more here? time. Sure. Uh, we we promised you a great main event. Uh, just Google it on Amazon or Google my name, Bill Hanstock. Um, you can also find me on all social media at Sundown Motel. Uh, my bio in uh, on Twitter has a link to my book on it. Um, yeah, just uh, I appreciate uh, you guys taking the time. Uh, I also have a, a podcast about the insane clown posse called Dim Carnival. Um, <laughs> so if you uh, if you're ever bored, uh, you can Amazing. check that out. It, it's actually uh, uh, going on semi permanent hiatus, but uh, <laughs> you could you can listen to a hundred or so episodes of it uh, at oh, your leisure. Boy. Awesome. Do you do you we, ever we chronologically out... go through the entire catalog of yeah. insane pop And do you ever figure out how man- magnets work? We actually haven't gotten to magnets oh, shit. yet, so <laughs> I, there's something so to look forward I, I'm, to. I'm I'm pre knowing how magnets work. 
Amazing. Um, that's yeah. like my very, very minimal knowledge of Insane Clown Posse is that one weird-ass music video called Miracles. Um, great. Uh, I don't want to talk to a scientist. Those fuckers <laughs> are lying and making me pissed. Yeah. That's a lyric. I love it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, thanks again to Bill Hansock for joining us this time around. And uh, you can find us on the socials at uh, Bad Neighbors Pod. Uh, you can also find us or email us at thehammockdistrict on third at gmail.com. Numerical three. And you can subscribe to our Patreon. Two bucks a month gives you all of our bonus stuff, including our Zombie Years episodes, our commentaries, and our board games. Uh, Monopoly board game just dropped. Yep, that's right. Uh, by that I mean us playing The Simpsons Monopoly. Not literally. We we didn't we didn't create a board game. It's a bloodbath. It is a bloodbath, uh, as all Monopoly games should be. Um, uh, Anything else, Greg? No, that's everything. I don't have anything to plug yet. Okay, cool. Working on something. Awesome. But I'll plug it when I I have it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody, and keep watching the skis.